welcome to the First Intuition Podcast. On this episode, we talk about what to do after you've sat an exam. It's a time for reflection, rest, and starting work on some preparation for your forward study plans. We recorded the session in front of a live Zoom audience, and if you'd like to join a future show, you can register for them. We've put a link in the show notes. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the First Intuition Student Podcast. My name is David Maltas, and I'm joined today not by my friend and colleague, Ben Bullman, but I'm joined by friends of the show, Amy Forrest. So good evening, Amy. Good evening, everybody. Yes, thank you for having me along, Dave. No problem at all, Amy. And I know the listeners are going to be you know, keen to find out kind of why you're here and what's happened to Ben. So as I understand <laughs> it, Ben has a bit of sickness in his in his family and he's unable to make it. Um, but he has called upon you to be a very willing substitute. And I believe, is this your third visit or your third, fourth visit? Yeah, well, I was trying to remember how many I've been. I think this might be my fourth. So, yes, um, Ben unfortunately couldn't make it this evening. So asked me if I would um, join and come along. And he also wanted to talk me through his thoughts in advance for the topic tonight. So I've got Ben's thoughts as well as my own to share. Excellent. I imagine Ben has done his normal a set number of points I think Ben is famous for saying I've got three points on this or six points on something else or seven points on something different so uh, I imagine it's a numbered or bullet pointed list of different things and you're nodding vigorously so it sounds <laughs> like it. yes yes do, do you think I need to get in the swing of it being a podcast Dave not nod along <laughs> instead <laughs> say yes <laughs> no that's absolutely fine um now I in my world which is which is the world of Essex at the moment, we've got students that are preparing for their exams at the moment. We've got lots of students that have been taking exams over the past few weeks. We've got big exam weeks coming up um, over the next week with ACCA and ICW exams. Um, and I think at the moment, our office is, is busy all the time, people everywhere, loads and loads of stuff going on. How is it where, where you are, Amy? Because you're, you're kind of north of Essex. And I refer to it as the North, you know, Cambridge here and things like that. So is life similar with you or is there anything different? Yeah, absolutely. From a training provider point of view, from a, an exam assessment point of view, these couple of weeks are the busiest of the entire year, actually, because we have multiple um, qualifications, getting ready to sit assessments and they are set weeks for their exams. Um, so it's very, very busy with that. We've got a lot of people looking to sit exams before Christmas because Christmas is that kind of two weeks off where it's really hard to get an exam slot. Not many exam centres that would stay open during Christmas, between Christmas and New Year. So we tend to see quite a lot of people trying to get those assessments ticked off before Christmas, which is also something we very much encourage. So this is our busiest time by far. Um, which, you know, is fantastic. You know, I think there's a, there's a lot that we do now to help students get ready for exams. So absolutely echo, echo your comments. Yeah, and I know at the moment for me, it's, it's all about working with those students that I know I've got an exam next week and where there are issues, it's trying to put things in place. And there's always, and I'm sure you've got the, 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 the students that are like this, where there, there are one or two students who probably haven't done enough work and right now are recognising I maybe haven't done the work that I should have done leading up to this exam. And I know there's going to be a few all-nighters that are going to be pulled over the next few days. 
And I certainly have given some students you know, a mock exam that they need to do every single day mm-hmm. over the next three days to make sure that they've got the best possible chance. Um, so it's, it's, you know, those kind of things that happen now. The, the, the students that are, you know, as we always refer to them, the good students are the ones that have done everything that we've asked them to every single week, completed all those questions. And now they're kind of like cruising towards the exam. It's kind of like training for a marathon. Ta- they've got their taper week where they do a little bit of light studying, but you know, most of the hard work's done. So it's, all of our students are at various different stages. We, we always work with those students to come up with plans to, to mm-hmm. get to the exam. But something we, we very rarely do with our students is the topic of today's podcast, which is what do we do after we finish an exam? OK, and that, that mm-hmm. might be what do you do immediately the moment you finish the exam? Um, or it might be looking a little bit further forwards. But before we go there in terms of what we should do as students, something that really intrigued me earlier is, you spoke a little bit uh, earlier before we started recording about kind of the impact of this time of year and the stress that that tutors and teachers are under and kind of the impact on people's health. So do you want to talk a little bit about kind of what you spotted with kind of some of your teams as we get to that kind of exam period of time? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was really interested to hear about the topic of today's podcast because, um, we we spend a lot of time talking about the run-up to exams and how important as you refer to question practices and how important it is to set your study planner and you know we talk about what to do on the day know your journey and so on but we all know that accountancy is is a marathon and not a sprint and actually that piece after the exam is so critically important as well because you have to put in place those things to give you that momentum to get onto the next unit to make sure that you can carry on with your study so I think it's almost it's almost a bit like aftercare that bit after an exam you know make sure you're looking after yourself make sure you're in a good headspace so absolutely we talked earlier about you know this period there's a lot of adrenaline going around a lot of adrenaline from tutors giving students up the exam there's a lot of adrenaline from students you hear of people pulling late nights for exams and so on and so once that exam's done, it's almost like, oh, okay. You know, from a tutor perspective, we're so happy when students go into the exam hall because we're like, right, we've done our bit now. It's over to you guys. And when I, I remember coming out as a student after an exam, it's just a big sigh of relief, hopefully. Um, and so that bit after an exam is critical to kind of think about what what now? What, you know, what now? I've just dedicated however many months to getting ready for this exam. What should I do now to make sure I'm ready for the next exam or to make sure I'm not worrying or whatever it is? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of that that health piece, I think we mentioned a, a while ago that, you know, as, as tutors, I, I've seen this because I, I work with a group of tutors and you know, we don't stop going to work when people take exams. So I still see my colleagues. And at this time of year, everyone looks tired because we're all focused on getting people over the line. I know next week, once people have taken their ACCA and ICW exams, a lot of those exams are out of the way. I can guarantee that some of those tutors are going to be sick. You know, they're, mm. they're going to be ill. They're going to have a cold. They're going to have a flu. They're going to be one or two of them are going to not be able to get into work and they're going to need to take a bit of time because they're not feeling particularly well. And something that that I found out and you mentioned that this is our busiest time of year and it tends to be December and June are our two biggest times of year and that historically they always have been. Um, when 
and this is going to be a, a strange takeaway, but it does make sense because when I got my NHS pass, my NHS app on my mobile, that when you know you had to have COVID passes and things like that, so I got my NHS app and I, I linked it to my doctor's surgery. And when I looked at my doctor's surgery, I could see when I'd been prescribed antibiotics. And I, I, I went through a phase of getting kind of ear infections. And um, sometimes I, I would get kind of like an abscess in my, in my teeth. So I had teeth issues and, and ear issues for ages. And I looked at when those prescriptions were written out to me and every single one of them was either June or December. And, and it was it, it was literally I'd, I'd finished teaching and within a week I would have some kind of infection that required antibiotics. And I just put it down to, as you say, that adrenaline keeps you going and pushes you over the line. But then when that adrenaline starts to go away, that's the point when suddenly your body's trying to recover. And it, it was just amazing that it was like, wow, every single one of them is June or December. That is really interesting, really interesting. And I, I bet a lot of people have seen that. I would always have a cold immediately after doing an exam, like I said. And I, I can remember a few times I thought, right, I'm going to book a weekend away or book a holiday after an exam when I was doing my ACCA and um, actually ended up being quite ill on that yeah. holiday or, you know, that time afterwards because because it just happens you know these are they're tough exams they're professional level exams and we all put so much into them um like you said I think it's the adrenaline leaving our body so yeah I think it it's really important to think about your plan for after the exam what are you going to do to unwind what are you going to do to look after yourself um so that that doesn't impact you as much as it could do yeah so if we if we break down that post exam period into you know I think of it in terms of three things and you know I, I like Ben like having a list or a number of points so if we it, the, the first thing I, I think is you've taken the exam and that kind of twenty four hour period after you've taken your exam mm. you know, there's you know there's no right or wrong answer but in terms of you know when you finish your exam what kind of things would you do. Or, or do you think students would, would you know, look at doing or consider doing to help them as they kind of have come out of their exam room? Mm. Well, I think you raise a really good point there by saying it's it's very personal, actually. And what might work for me might not work for somebody else. And actually, there's a point here about you've kind of got to work out over a number of exams. What is it that is best for you? My biggest thing was making sure I planned in some rest time. You know, actually planned. I, I personally didn't go out after doing an exam. You know, that exam day, I pretty much went home, had dinner and went to bed, actually. So it'd be a few days before I'd think about kind of, oh, right, let's let's re restart my social life again um, after it had been on pause for a few weeks. So for me, it was I always think it's important to know what you find relaxing and restful. I quite liked a good sleep after an exam. Um, other people might like to do something else. You know, we're talking to somebody earlier and they're saying that running is for them. Brilliant. You know, if that's what somebody finds relaxing, try and do that activity fairly soon after the exam to kind of kickstart your rest period, I would say. Mm. I agree with you with the sleeping. I, 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 I you know much though I'd like to say oh, after every exam I went out and celebrated the reality is I was tired and as we said earlier that as when adrenaline adrenaline leaves your body 
it does leave you feeling tired and fatigued. And yeah, I, I just felt tired. And to be honest, I am rubbish company when I'm tired. I'm pretty poor company when I'm not tired, but when I'm tired, I'm awful company. So you know, the best thing to do for me was just to sleep. But yeah, you know, I, I guess before that, when you come out of the exam room, mm. you know, do you know, uh, do you talk about the exam? I think that's a really good point, actually. And for me, there's two parts to this, because I remember coming out of some exams and you'd hear someone go, oh, I got I got this answer for part B. What did you get? And you're walking out going, that's not what I got. It can really panic you, I think, if you hear about things in the assessment after you've done it. And I always think, don't take it with a pinch of salt, what other people are saying. Take it with a bucket of salt, because not only do people have to remember the assessment, they also then have to have got the right answer and it can completely throw you off so I personally never really talked about the exam afterwards but I think it also raises another very important point about the ethics of doing so we have to be very very careful discussing the exam afterwards particularly if they're live um, assessments because ethically we shouldn't be discussing the intricacies of an exam with anybody else that might sit that exam and we've seen before haven't we Dave kind of disciplinary action being taken or you know comments being written in things like uh, pq magazine and so on about when this has happened so it's one to tread very very carefully over you know i personally did not really talk about the exam at all but if you were to talk about it it's really just a very general how did you find it as opposed to what are the intricacies what was this question about which we need to avoid from a discussion point of view so it's a really good point because you're right. There, there's with with some of the institutes, and you know, for example, SEMA, when it's SEMA case study, SEMA have got a number of variants of that case study exam. And when you go into the exam room, you will sit one of those variants. But there's only a finite number of them that are sat over the course of that week. So mm-hmm. in theory, if you sat the exam on Monday and you talked about it to someone that's in the exam on Thursday, you could give that person an advantage, which is why SEMA makes sure that you sign a non-disclosure agreement before you go into your exam, say, I will not discuss this exam with anyone else. And Mm -hmm. I I believe it was SEMA that took disciplinary action against people that had a, I think it was a a Facebook group where they shared information about what had been in the exam on one of the days. And Mm. everyone in that group then had disciplinary action taken against them by SEMA. So SEMA then went and investigated who they were. Did they know who they were? Had they taken the exams? And and they brought action against them. And that action can be voiding your exam. That action could be that you took an exam that you studied really hard from, you discussed it with someone, and then as a result of that discussion, if it becomes becomes made known, then that exam can be voided. Now, the other institutes, the the AAT, if you're taking AAT exams and you're taking, say, a level four exam, um, there is a chance that someone taking the, the same level four exam a few days later may well get similar questions to you. Okay, maybe we'll even get some of the same questions as you. So again, you know, ethically, we are not allowed to discuss those live assessments. And from a tutor's point of view, if a student comes to me and says, this is what was in the exam, I've got to close my ears, go la, 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 I can't hear you because I can't hear what's in that exam. Because again, ethically, you know, if I hear what's in an exam, you know, it's one of those things that I know I wouldn't tell anyone. But it's it's that idea about, you know, how does it look? You know, mm. if someone knows mm. that I've, I've had a communication, so we have to be really careful. That. Things like ICAW exams, we know the exams, the exam, it happens on a day. 
once that exam's gone, no one else is going to take it. So you've got a bit more freedom to to discuss. As you said, take it with a massive, huge bucket of salt. You know, yeah. it's, it's one of those things that, you know, if you're confident and you know your stuff, and, and in some exams, like tax exams, I always felt confident. And someone would come in and say, come afterwards, go, oh, I forgot the married couple's allowance. And, and mm. I'd just be thinking, no one was married in that exam. There wasn't a married <laughs> couple's allowance. It definitely wasn't in the exam. That person's either talking rubbish because they don't, haven't done any revision or they're just trying to upset people and trying to stir. So it, it's, but that was when I was confident. I was not confident in audit exams. You know, and people could have said, oh, what about the conflict of interest in question three? And I got, well, there's conflict of interest. I missed that. So yeah, don't listen to other people. I never talked about exams when I came out of there. I just wanted to forget about them altogether. Um, when you get home, Amy, is there anything that you would advise people to do in terms of getting home? And I know there are a few comments people have made, so I will, I will talk about some of those in a minute. But anything you would do kind of, I guess, before you went to sleep? Well, I would get home from an exam and I would go to my bedroom or wherever it was that I mainly revised from. And I'd walk back into that room and genuinely think maybe a bomb had hit it or something. It would always be a complete mess. Notes everywhere, folders everywhere. And I was so in depth in revision, all I would focus on was that folder in front of me and all around me were notes, questions that I had written, you know, it was just so full on. Um, so I was a messy reviser. Lots of people might not be. And I've got a lot of colleagues that love stationery. They'll have it all highlighted and tabbed up and they won't be messy revisers. But there's something about coming back to where you've been and just clearing it away just making sure that it's not visible it's almost like when I work from home when I finish work I shut the door for the day because I don't like to see my laptop there and my work stuff it just keeps it in my mind so I kind of when I used to get back from exams I'd want to just make sure the environment around me was calming you know it was set to be calm so I like to have a big tidy up now what that tidy up did not entail was throwing away my folder and notes <laughs> and as much as sometimes I'm sure we'd all like to have a big bonfire after um after we've done an exam and burn our notes and kind of get rid of it I didn't I kept my notes for for a variety of reasons so it was more about just tidying it up getting it in you know better better condition and just making the environment a bit calmer I, I was going to say virtually the same thing. And it's also a comment that we, we've got in our in our chat box here where someone has said, I get to reclaim the house. <laughs> yeah, as it, it becomes your house again instead of, you know, some kind of temple to accountancy. Um, but you're right, take, take the post-it notes down, you know, the mind map that you stuck on a wall, all the notes you put on your fridge, you know, your folder, yeah, get it out of the way. And I, I, I completely agree. And, it, and it's just one of those things that, the last thing you want to do is wake up and look at, you know, wake up, you know, rub your eyes, look across your bedroom and then suddenly see a load of folders that are open and go, oh, yeah, that exam from yesterday. You know, you kind of want to try and give yourself that calm, don't you? So you, you're, you're, you're no longer feeling that pressure because it's mm -hmm. not good to feel under pressure and under stress all the time. You know, we, we, we you know, have to, from time to time, feel that kind of le level of stress and particularly through exams. But you know, once you finish the exam, I think you do need to do need to try and remove it. Um, I, I agree. Do that. Go to sleep. Wake up in the morning. And that kind of brings me on to phase two, which is kind of that, that week or so after you've done the exam. And I, I really don't think in that kind of week after doing the exam, you should be picking up a set of notes and studying again. 
uh, I think you do need some time to recharge. And uh, I think one of the most challenging things, I don't know if you ever got this, Amy, was that you almost kind of feel a little bit down because the set, the, every day before that has been focused on that one thing. That one thing's now happened and it's kind of, right, I'm a bit lost now. What do I do? So did mm. you ever get that kind of feeling? Oh, 100%. 100%. You're so focused on something, aren't you? And generally, especially with kind of actually all syllabuses, you're generally focused on that one thing for eight, 10 weeks. You know, it's a significant period of time that you're gearing up to just focus on one three, four hour exam or whatever it is. And all of a sudden you feel like, oh, what now? It was something that Ben said when he and I were catching up about, you know, this evening's podcast. And he was saying that actually that week after, that's a really nice time to almost reconnect with your friends and family, because that was what probably what you did before the exam. And all of that stuff kind of becomes second, uh, you know, second choice, I suppose, when you're gearing up for an exam. So that kind of week afterwards, when you are feeling a bit low and so on, I'll definitely be chatting with my friends or going out for dinner with my family or whatever it is. Um, to, first of all, it's nice to socialise with them again, but it does help with that down feeling. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 an, it's really strange, isn't it? It's almost like obviously it's almost like you're mourning, and you know, mm. you, you, it's almost like you've had a death, but the death is the death of you having to study that exam. Really, really strange how how your kind of mind interprets those kind of things. Um, I, I, I knew that Ben would say reconnect with family. It's, it's you know, I, I, I could just imagine Ben actually going out and doing that right now. But I do think that that week, that week is kind of that time for self-care. And that I, I spoke to someone today and said, what, what would you do over that week? And their, their first response was, I'd read a book. Mm. And it's like, you know, what kind of book? It's like, I, I, it will be nothing to do with accountancy. It will not be a textbook. It will not be any kind of, you know, self-development handbook or anything like that. It will be probably the most trashy book that I can find. But I, I need that as detachment from what I've gone through. And I need that to lose myself in another world. Uh, and that's what I need just to kind of unwind. And, and I, I kind of, now, I, I always use reading as a way to detach myself when I go on holiday. I hadn't really thought of that as something that I would do immediately after an exam, but you know, I, I like that. As you mentioned earlier, one of our one of our um, audience here talks about um, running, and you know, going out running, doing some exercise. You know, all, all the things that we always tend to think about as you know, you might not like the idea of doing it. You might like to not, not like doing it when you do it but you know you'll feel a lot better afterwards. So getting outside, connecting with nature, all those kind of things. Anything else that you, you would look at over that kind of that period? I think you raised a really good point, actually. Someone earlier in the chat said something along the lines of exams at this time of year are quite hard because you go into the exam hall when it's light and then you leave <laughs> when it's dark, which is almost like what happens with revision. You kind of use up all the light hours of the day to yeah. get some revision done. So I think that that week after an exam is a chance to be less like a vampire and get out there and kind of uh, enjoy the wider world a bit more. Um so, yes, I, I definitely think friends and family getting out of the house a bit further. Um, something else, actually, again, this came from a discussion with Ben, and I thought it was a really lovely point, is often a lot of us will get quite a lot of um, 
of support from other people when we're doing an exam. I, when I did my ACCA exams, my my sister was fantastic at going through flashcards with me. That's how I'd remember all my theories and so on and so forth. So in between doing a load of question practice, we'd do some flashcards as a bit of bit of light relief <laughs> from doing a load of question practice. Um, and we used to do something where um, if we got 10, 10 flashcards right in a row, then we could have like an orange or something or, you know, so there were all those kind of things that you put in place. And so she so massively helped me with my exams. And, and, and something Ben said was, is after you've done an exam in that week uh, period afterwards where you're kind of reflecting on it, it's quite nice to go and say thank you to the people have, that have supported you. You know, the person that's maybe cooked your dinner, if they have for the, that kind of couple of weeks before your exam or the person that helped with the flashcards or maybe the tutor that helped you with getting, um, you know, some extra bits marked. It's it's quite nice to, well, it's very nice to receive it, actually. As a tutor, we kind of, I wouldn't say live for those moments, but we absolutely love it when students get in contact and let us know results or say thank you and so on. But it's also quite nice to be that person to just go and say thank you to somebody. Thank you for supporting me. You know, thank you for helping me with my revision or whatever it was. So I think that's a nice thing to do in that week afterwards is kind of just close off that exam period. Say thank you to the people that maybe helped you get there. I, I like that because it's from a tutor's perspective, you know, having gone through a really tough period of preparing people for exams, and now I, I, I appreciate that nothing is as difficult as actually sitting the exam. Now that that's the that's the thing that is really really hard, and that's the thing that you know we can't do. But it, it is you know it, it's still you know one of those things that right now is really front of my mind in terms of I know how hard you know X Y or Z person has been working, and just to get that little bit of gratitude afterwards really really phenomenal. Um, it's always nice to hear it after exams. People are always thankful after um, after results. And it's always nice to hear that little bit, you know, that 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 you know, when it's close to that kind of time. So that that is really really appreciated. And I know that you know parents, family, friends, those people that have have helped you while you've had to make those sacrifices, you know, getting a thank you is always really well received. I think in, in my house after I did exams, it was always the case that oh, Dave's finished doing exams now, so Dave can do all those jobs that we've been saving. Um, and so it's like now I've got to do a load of other stuff. But I, I guess one of the things that that is a real challenge for for a lot of people that are doing exams right now is that you've still got to go to work next week, mm. and you know you, you've it's kind of almost like all this stress has, has been removed from you from in terms of exams. But there's still the day job that's got to be done, and trying to fit in those other things as well. So it's still a balancing act. But you know, I always think that you know you've got your weekends back. You've got Saturday and Sunday back. You've got evenings back. You've got the ability to do some of those things that you may have given up. And then uh, I think someone's made a reference um, to, to their children. And you know, I was lucky enough to have got all of my professional exams done before I had children. Um, and, and I know how difficult it is to juggle children with the job that I have, let alone putting exams there as well. So I think, yeah, thanking your children. Um, and I, I, I think that from a, from the perspective of raising children from the thing that research that I've done having children seeing parents strive for something really sets a really positive message to them really helps you to be that role model of you know if you want something you have to work for it you know you, you have to work to achieve those kind of things so I think it's a real positive that they'll take from it longer term as well mm. but if we move beyond that so we've got kind of gone that first week which I, I think is should really be about self-care and looking after yourself 
and making sure that physically, emotionally, mentally, you're as well as you can be. And that period may take longer than that. Um, mm. But then I, I think there's a period of time from, for most people where you've taken your exam, you're waiting for your exam results, which for level four, level seven type exams, you're usually looking at a six week period, so six to eight weeks until you get your exams, exam results. That's a lot of time. Um, what would you recommend doing in that time period? Yeah, I think this is a really important um, period of time, actually. We know that momentum is critical for getting through your exams. And it's critical for becoming an accountant. And one of the, the hardest or the thing that makes you let out a groan as a tutor is when someone says something like, I've passed an exam and now I'm going to take a year off or something. You think, oh, no, come on, keep going, because you'll just get through it quicker. And momentum is what's going to keep you going. So I think that time after you've done the self-care, which is really important, then it's a case of, OK, what's my plan now? When's my next unit? When does it start? Um, make a note of that exam results date. So it's kind of now looking forward. You know, so that, that week right after the exam is very, it's quite reflective. It's quite what has happened. It's quite looking, thinking about the exam and getting that out of your head and looking after yourself. But now we need to kind of think about what next. So maybe it's a case of uh, reviewing your study planner. If you're an apprentice, getting in contact with your coach. If you've got any questions, if you're not an apprentice, getting in contact with a tutor. What should I be looking to sit next? What's my approach now? Um, so it's really starting to think about uh, how am I going to keep going? What are my next steps? And importantly, when am I doing those next steps? Because what you don't want to be caught out on is, oh, the course is starting soon and I haven't booked on or I haven't got my study materials ready. So definitely setting that plan, I think, is important. Yeah, I, I always tend to use an analogy of sport. And as we've mentioned marathons about three times in the last 20 minutes, I'm going to mention <laughs> marathons again, because that that idea of momentum is so important. And if, if you were training for a marathon, then think of doing your ACCA qualification like you're running a marathon. Now, it's it's lots and lots of training, lots and lots of tests all the way along the way. Loads of people fail kind of partway through and drop out, but that's not going to be us. You know, it's not going to be the people that we're we're looking to support. But if you were training for your marathon and you were three quarters of the way through your training plan and you were now regularly running 15 to 20 mile runs, you know, getting yourself ready and, you, you know, you're almost there at that marathon distance, ready to competitively sit on the line, maybe in a month's time. Would you say, I'm feeling quite tired, so I'm going to have a year off? No one would do that in their plan for running a marathon because, you know, running a marathon involves progressively running harder and harder distances, doing harder and harder runs. You know you're going to be fatigued near the end, but you know where the end is and where you're getting to. You wouldn't take that kind of break. Now, the only time you would take a break would be if you were physically unable to run. If you had an injury, if you had a hip problem, a knee problem, if you pulled a muscle, the best thing to do is rest. So in terms of momentum for exams, exams are the same. You know, I, I think keep that momentum going unless it's causing you some kind of physical or mental or emotional harm. So if it is the case that you go through such amazing, immense periods of stress before you go through an exam and it causes you physical harm and you need to have a break to look after yourself, 
yes, that's the best thing to do. Is you the best thing to do is look after your health first. But if that's not you, and you're thinking I'm a bit fatigued because I've just done a tax exam and now I don't want to do an audit exam, hey, just think of that. It is a marathon. You know, at the moment you're three quarters of the way through your training plan. Do you want to take your foot off the gas, not train, and then have to get back on it and retrain again to get up to speed? And I think most people wouldn't in the case of a marathon. So we don't want to do it as a study. So we want to keep that mentality. You're absolutely right. Make sure we know when things start. Um, we, we do, I've talked about this a few times. I see nothing wrong with starting your studying for your next unit before you get a result. I see absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. Because all you're doing is you're investing some time in learning something that's all going well that you're going to use. And if something goes wrong, we would have had to have dealt with that in a way when results come out. And having a bit of extra knowledge before you get your results, that's never, ever going to harm you. You know, It's not as if that knowledge is going to push something out of your brain. That's not the way memory works. So it, 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 I can't see any issue with that. But would you, would you advise people to, that you know, studying before you get your results is a good idea or not? I definitely would. Actually, I definitely would. Like you say, it can be quite a time period before you get your results. And if we waited until we got the results before we started the next one, you are at risk of losing momentum. I, I just want to say I really um, appreciate those comments about why you wouldn't, why you would take a break from study. But, you know, that momentum is important, like we say. Um, so, yes, I would encourage people to start the next the next unit before they get their results and um, some it's a common question actually oh, what if I fail what would I do then and it's a very subjective discussion actually I think that's where talking with your training provider and talking with the tutor really comes to the fore about okay what would you do in that situation but no I absolutely would recommend it um not least uh, you know one particular reason I suppose if you were unfortunate enough to fail, sometimes studying the next unit actually can help you with the other unit a little bit. You sometimes hear someone do something like introduction to bookkeeping and then they do bookkeeping controls. and They're like, oh, that's making a lot more sense for that other unit because it is that kind of cumulative approach to learning, isn't it? And um, so, yes, I would absolutely recommend keeping studying um, for those momentum reasons. Mm. And Someone has just asked the question, what would you recommend doing when you're done with a level, though? So if you finish the entire level of uh, I'm looking probably at AAT, but you could be looking at, at yeah, move it, moving on between qualifications. Um, would it be the same? Yeah, that's an interesting one, because there's sometimes um, prohibitors from actually sitting an assessment until you've completed a level. So for example, in SEMA, you cannot physically go and sit your management level exams if you haven't completed your operational level exams. So you've got to take, you know, got to be quite practical with it. Um, and also I think when we complete a level, so we've completed AAT, we might not yet have set our plans for what we're going to do if we're going on to ACTA or SEMA or ICAW. So that's the stage where I'd probably be advising to get some information, some guidance um, from, from uh, tutors or from my colleagues or somebody, you know, in, in the realm of accountancy for what to do next. Um, so I would probably suggest if you're done with a level, 
I would recommend waiting for results until moving on, just because if you don't, it can be quite a challenge to then come back and do maybe some level three exams before you've started your level four. Um, no, sorry, some, yeah, level three exams when you've already started your level four. But again, it's it's quite one you really do need to talk with your tutor. Yeah, I, I, going from level two to level three, level three to level four, under um, under the under the old syllabus, you had that big wait, didn't you? Once you'd finished yeah. the synoptic assessment, you had to wait for windows and all those kind of things. So there's less of that now, moving from two to three, three to four. There is the issues, there are issues with level four exam results and moving on from levels and things like that. So there's probably slightly less of an issue. I, I would I would say between say level two and level three, you finish your level two, should you start level three straight away? Ideal world, yes. Now, ideal world, you keep the train rolling, you keep that momentum going. However, if it is the case that, you know, you, you really, you know, you've been, you really want to go on a big family holiday or, you know, you, you do feel that you want to do something at work or you've got something that you really feel you need to do, the best time to do it is almost certainly between levels. You know, you finish one level, have, have your break to do something, then move on to your next level. Um, it's... You know, I guess the other thing, and someone actually just mentioned it, is another issue is cost. So if it yeah. is the case that you're self-funding and, you know, going through qualifications very, very fast is brilliant from a qualification perspective. From a bank balance perspective, if you're burning through to any of you, you're doing exams once every six weeks. You know, that's a lot of money you're paying for those individual exams. Um, and, you know, if your budget can't stretch to it, then that may well be something that prohibits you from doing it. So. Yeah, those kind of, yeah. if money was no object, it would be, I would try and progress through it as quickly as you can, try and keep that momentum going. If you've got, you know, other things you want to do, gaps between levels are brilliant for them. Um, if you feel that, you know, I've neglected my family and I haven't spent enough time with my kids and, you know, I, I really feel I'm missing out on their childhood. Yeah, take a break, you know, because there are things that are more important than, you know, progressing through your exams as quickly as possible. And, you know, I, I would hate to think that, you know, I was missing lots of time with my kids because I was doing exams there the whole time and I didn't see them till they were eight years old because I've been doing exams nonstop. So, you know, mm. if there are other things, I said gaps between levels, I think work really nicely there. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Excellent. Someone has mentioned that if cost is an issue, look into apprenticeships. Um, so, and then there are just about, I don't know where there are any in my area, things like that. So yeah, apprenticeships would be a method of being able to train while you study. Sorry, train while you study. <laughs> I think I've used two, two words and they mean the same thing. Um, an opportunity to train while you work. Um, they are brilliant. Um, and yes, yeah, someone to say, could you ask your employer if your employer could provide an apprenticeship for you um, or to or even to um, to help with costs? So there are, are issues in terms of being sponsored that can help you depending on the, the role that you've got. But I think that's probably a subject for another day because mm. um, that's something we could probably talk about all evening, Amy, knowing. Oh, absolutely. How much <laughs> you and I do talk about apprenticeships. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Um, now, we, we are rapidly running towards seven o'clock which is the time that we we tend to finish i just want to check because amy you did speak to ben today and ben did have his list and i know you've gone through most of it is there anything else that ben has got that he would recommend that students looked at post exam well I've covered most of them but his last one was very topical because he said 
watch the remaining World Cup matches, <laughs> which I think is quite an important point. And actually, somebody in the chat box said something fairly similar, that they would then binge watch the programme that they've been neglecting over the last however long. There's always something that kind of gets left by the wayside, whether that's the World Cup, whether that's something you're watching yep. on TV. Um, and I liked that point from Ben. I thought that was a, a fun one. Um, so just picking up those things that maybe you've kind of put to the side over the last few weeks. I must admit, I'm, I'm, you know, I love football, and I've watched barely any of this World Cup. It, it's, you know, just the time of day that it's on, and the time of year that it's happening at is just absolutely the worst timetabling, I, I think, for any major sporting events from the point of view of people that are training mm-hmm. for professional exams in the UK. And um, so, yeah, I, I hopefully will be able to start catching up in that over the next week or so. I am actually looking for a new box set to binge on. I, I, I don't currently have any TV series that I'm watching. So any recommendations, feel free to email me with details of things that I should be watching over the next couple of weeks. So, um, But on that note, thank you so much, Amy, for um, for agreeing to step in um, in place of Ben. Um, so hopefully we'll have you back to, to, well, hopefully in the next year or so, we can get you back enough times to make get you into double figures for yes. attending. <laughs> Thank you very much for um, for the invite. No, it's been lovely to come along and have a chat about this. Yeah, no problem at all, Amy. And thanks to everyone here that is watching live. So thank you very much for spending your Wednesday evenings with us. Thanks to everyone that's chosen to download. So whoever you are, if you're running or you're walking your dog, or as we know, some people like to listen in the bath. If you're in your bath at the moment listening to us, thank you so much for taking the time to download and to listen. We will be back next week. Um, we have got an episode coming up over, um, over the next few weeks looking at planning for your studies and kind of what we should be doing in terms of putting together study plans and helping you to plan over the next year so look out for that one over the next few weeks um, but until then stay safe everyone and good luck if you're taking exams